Before I begin this week, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to my fans in Serbia. Looking at my numbers on YouTube, apparently I'm most popular in Serbia. So, hey, um, thanks. Go Serbia. All right, I'm at the end of disc two. That means I have six more discs to go for season two. Well, I guess that'll teach me for trying to be optimistic. But this is the episode where we finally get the bulk of our new Season 2 characters. Mind you, we get absolutely no explanation of where they came from, but here they are. I guess we're just expected to believe that an extra 15 Autobots were hanging around this whole time and we just didn't see them. The important thing is, new toys! New toys! Mom! Dad! I want a Power Glide and a Grapple and a Hoist and both Triple Changers and, and... Oh look! A Pterodactyl! God, 10-year-old me really did adore this show, you know that? Alright, so Power Glide, who we actually met a couple of weeks early thanks to an impending plot contrivance, and Bumblebee, investigate some strange energy readings that end up being your standard sci-fi island of dinosaurs. Bumblebee nearly gets eaten by a Tyrannosaurus, so the two of them hightail it back to base where it's safe. But Wheeljack's having none of that. Clearly he feels threatened by the destructive capabilities of these new dinosaurs, or as Spike insists on calling them, DINOSAURS. So he lets them out of the closet and lets them smash up the Ark. Again. See? His dinosaurs can endanger people's lives, too. Don't try to say they can't. He'll kill Sparkplug to prove a point if he has to. During the demonstration, we're introduced to Blaster. He likes rock and roll. That's his personality. And this sets the tone for the remainder of the episode as we meet each new Transformer and get a quick demonstration of the three or four words about him in the show's production bible. I mean, complex character traits. There's Red Alert. He's high-strung. Inferno, in case you forgot from last week, has a southern twang and likes to shoot white stuff all over everything. And so on. Once things are brought more or less under control, the Autobots decide to excommunicate the Dinobots to that island of dinosaurs. Damn it, Spike, say it right. But actually, notwithstanding the fact that it's a pretty infantile suggestion to put the dinosaur robots on an island with real dinosaurs, maybe keeping the huge lumbering guys in a big open space instead of indoors isn't the worst idea ever. So they head back to the dangerous prehistoric island of monsters, and naturally, they bring Spike along this time. Why wouldn't you? Megatron, meanwhile, wants to learn more about the island, and since he doesn't feel like fucking around, he sends Laserbeak. Wow, maybe he's finally learning a thing or two. Oh, did I mention that Powerglide is a show-off who talks about himself in the third person? That's his personality. He makes a lot of really bad jokes that nobody laughs at or even acknowledges. He's sort of the Michael Scott of the Autobots. As they approach, Spike says this. Oh, wow! I think I'll call it Dinobot Island. Wait, can he do that? Does the fact that he hangs around with giant robots just give him the ability to name things? I guess so. He also says the place is like an encyclopedia come to life. Note to viewers under the age of 20. Encyclopedias were like hard copies of Wikipedia, except people usually yelled at you if you tried to change an entry yourself. Something about experts knowing better than you. Man, thank goodness for progress. Can you imagine getting your information from experts instead of the average internet user? What? Oh, the episode. Well, as you'd expect, we spend far too much time watching Spike get in and out of trouble with the native population of Dinobot Island. They probably hate the way he says their names, too. Anyway, Laserbeak reports back to Megatron, who naturally starts drooling over the precious, I don't know, tar pits and geysers on Dinobot Island. Maybe he plans to eliminate the middleman when it comes to fossil fuels and just burn the dinosaurs directly for energy. Or maybe he wants his own cool volcano fort like the Autobots have. It really doesn't matter. He wants the island. That's all you really need to know. Meanwhile, the Dinobots use their new playground to practice and hone their abilities. And I gotta give credit where it's due. This two-parter may exist primarily to push that new wave of toys on us, but at least they gave us some quality time with characters we already know. Sure, that just boils down to selling us toys as well, but 
I don't know, it just seems less crass somehow. The Decepticons show up and start collecting the energy of Dinobot Island. I've mentioned before just how impractical this whole Energon Cube thing is, but the concept is brought to thrilling new heights here. There's new Decepticon Blitzwing flying to the bottom of a volcano with a single Energon Cube and waiting for it to erupt. There has to be a better way to do this, guys. Honestly. Meanwhile, Spike and Bumblebee are hanging out at the library. Man, this episode really does have everything a ten-year-old would ever want in a cartoon show. When a magic portal opens up and a barbarian riding a woolly mammoth emerges. Uh, Alright, I, I take back that sarcasm a second ago. That's, that's just plain awesome. Back on Dinobot Island, Megatron manages to get the natives to work for him and push the Dinobots into a tar pit. I think... yeah, I think that might actually be ironic. Man, I love this episode, and we get more of it next week. Yay! And now it's time for this week's English lesson. Wow, live dinosaurs. 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 Not dinosaurs. Hang in there, Bumblebee. Prepare for a daring rescue maneuver. Can't he just save a guy without doing a commercial? Grimlock, stop stumbling around and end this chaos. Transform. Yes, me, Grimlock, stop stumbling. Dinobot, transform and end chaos.